mm. uh, when we were at NTC. I don't know if you remember. I wasn't oh, there. Yeah, I forgot okay. about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so um, I, I will be sure when I get to Fort Campbell to make sure I go to that, go to the Pathfinder company and, and secure the guy down. Yeah. Among other things. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, For sure. Boy. Well, uh, we're sitting here with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Brian Kitching. Currently, he's dressed down for us, so no, uh, no big deal. Uh, and this is a, this is kind of a unique interview in that the first time that Luke and I have been in the same room doing an interview. Yep. And so it's a completely in-person, offline interview, so it's kind of cool. So, Brian, we appreciate you yeah, joining us for us and trusting right. us that we know what we're doing. <laughs> it's good to you know, it's good to see you guys. It was good to spend some time with you. Yeah. Spend some time with you yesterday. Um, that, that was pretty cool. That was so cool. Uh, we we got the. We got to visit the White House. Got the West Eisen- Wing tour. West Wing tour. The not, Eisenhower building. Yeah. Seat of power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we stuck our head in the Oval Office. I wanted to go up and kick my boots up on the desk and <laughs> take a selfie or take like a picture of my shit kickers with the Oval Office in the background. But yeah. apparently that was that's frowned upon. Yeah. yeah. White House not allowed or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're so tough. Yeah, I know, rules right? Are, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I actually, you know, I expected there to be a lot more Secret Service agents. A lot, like. Yeah. You know, like, I could, we could have gotten a lot away with a lot yeah. once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And then it would like have you probably gotten that south. picture. I could have gotten that picture if I really wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, that would kind of be the last picture you probably ever took. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then I would take a baton across the face and I'd wake up in a hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was nice walking yeah. around with you guys. Yeah, it was um, awesome. We yeah. really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of surreal because, like, um, for me personally, I just honestly, I just never thought I'd see you again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing personal. Yeah. It's just yeah. like you know that part of my life was over, and then doing this yeah. thing, we end up reconnecting with people that I never thought I would even talk to or see again. But it's been a pleasure to do so. Yeah. I, was, I had a really good time with you yesterday. Yeah. It's, um, you know, before we linked up, you know, I was talking about it with you guys. Um, I had an opportunity to listen to, I think it was, I think it was the most recent episode that you guys mm-hmm. uh, put out with Matt, uh, Matt Kohler. And, you know, just hearing some of the stories that, um, you know, that he was telling and, and, you know, uh, what was interesting is some of the perspectives, you know, um, it, it's interesting because, you know, um, you know, you, you can know kind of what first platoon does and, and seeing what first platoon versus second platoon, third, platoon, not versus, but yeah. seeing, um, uh, being out with each one of those groups is, um, you know, was, was fascinating, you know, the, 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 and to think eight, you know, this is eight years ago. Yeah. That's uh, a, you know, uh, it seems like a lot longer, you know, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to, to to talk with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, eight years is actually well. Actually, we're getting ready to start hitting the nine year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's uh, it's been surreal, and I think we've talked a lot about how the timing is really good. Yeah, because we couldn't have done as well. I wouldn't have done it in yeah. like 2014 or 15 or whatever. Right. right. So and I, like I don't know, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for your indefatigable nature. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, the timing on it's good because we've had, we as just like, you know, grunts out there mm-hmm. slinging lead, we've had enough distance to allow like maturity and mm-hmm. perspective mm-hmm. and, uh, some, some actual like life to happen, yeah. uh, to reexamine it through a little bit more kind of, um, 
the objective lens and mm. you know so that's been helpful for us in yeah, terms of absolutely. telling the story yeah yeah well to, to go ahead and kick it off could you give us a, a brief background on yourself um you, you have a pretty long career compared to most of our guests so yeah. it might take you a little bit longer but if uh just like the elevator version but you know how you ended up joining the army like i know you you know, enlisted and you went mm-hmm. officer and kind of just briefly your trail that ended with you taking command at you know bayonet company 164 sure um so um as as you know both you know i i you know uh, dropped out of college to to join the army and um you know i i think i left um, probably left high school you know really um interested uh in leadership and and in and in service i you know i grew up kind of learning the value of hard work whether that's like working on farms or um you know like delivering magazines just you know, um, you know you're, volunteering you're from the, Nebraska, right? I, I lived in Nebraska for a number of years. Uh, we actually lived, uh, here, uh, in Southeast DC in the early eighties. And then, uh, my, my mom who raised three knucklehead boys, uh, <laughs> she, you know, we, we, you know, she did the best she could, but at, at some point, um, uh, we, uh, you know, we essentially had to move out uh, to where my grandfather was living in Lincoln, Nebraska, he's a, he's a uh, lifelong pastor mm. and had sort of settled there in, in, uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so we, we ended up moving out there. And so, cool. um, at any rate, you know, I, I left high school really only being interested in, in kind of, you know, leadership. And, and so it wasn't really connecting in college. And, um, <laughs> so I, you know, my oldest brother had always wanted to join the army, had, hadn't been able to do so to that point. And he said, Hey, you know, if you're thinking about, um, you know, that kind of perspective, uh, or that, that, uh, that direction, then, you know, why don't you consider joining the, uh, you know, joining the army? And I had never thought about doing that. No one in my family had ever been in the military. And so, you know, to make tough decisions like that, you know, we, uh, me and him did what any person would probably do in that situation to, to make a life changing decision. And that's, you know, going to Walmart and getting spicy, chicken fingers uh so we were sitting <laughs> we're literally sitting in my uh in my car in the middle of the night like eating you know eating these walmart spicy chicken fingers and we're like talking about you know this this dream of you know service and leadership and and so you know i, I dropped out of college and i'll tell you you know a lot of people uh around, you know in my circle did not think that was a good idea yeah uh Imagine. and by most people i mean pretty much everyone <laughs> Um, but what happened for me is I, I, I fell in love with it and, uh, my first duty station was Fort Campbell, uh, which is, which, you know, I'll return there after this year, which I'm pretty excited about as a fister, right? Yeah. As a 13 Fox. That's right. Um, and you know, I didn't know much about that, what that really meant. Uh, went to Fort Campbell and actually reported my report date and still have the orders was September 11th of 2000. So exactly. Wow you know, one year before, uh, you know, before nine eleven, And, uh, so spent, uh, spent a couple of years there actually deployed with, uh, with the 101st to Kandahar was my first deployment in mm-hmm. 2002, early 2002. And then while I was there, I was notified, you know, uh, that I'd gotten a green, what's called a green to gold scholarship. So for the folks that don't know what that is, it's just essentially just transitioning from being, being enlisted to become an officer. Uh, I went, uh, came back uh, and enrolled in Alabama A and M University, which uh, Huntsville, yeah, Alabama. Huntsville, Alabama, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which it, it's funny because when I went to graduate school, I, you know, 
people always get uncomfortable. I always say Alabama A&M is the West Point of the South. And, <laughs> and, you know, to be able to keep a nice, like a straight face, people become very uncomfortable. It's clearly not. Yeah. I mean, we know that. But, sure. But, uh, yeah, I went there, had a, had a great time, and, uh, and then commissioned as an infantry officer. I spent time in the 82nd Airborne Division. Um, was, it, uh, was there another deployment in there? Another deployment in there, a 15-month deployment to <sighs> primarily – Gosney, uh, which was, you know, that's that's it's pretty long. That's yeah. a pretty long deployment. I mean, you get to a certain point, and I, I laugh about this, but you get you get to a point where you know people are just, you know, hey guys, uh, we need to go on patrol. We don't want to, you know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, guys, yeah. we really got to do it. Um, but you know, you you. In that in that particular deployment, you, you actually had to start start sending guys out on leave like, yeah. right after the first month, and so you know you think if you were sort of part of that first group, oh man, you come back and you got like thirteen months yeah, or something yeah. that that you got thirteen or fourteen months, which was brutal. Yeah, when we deployed to Iraq, I, they were like making circles, like, "Oh, when do you want to go on leave?" It was like, "I want the latest slot." possible yeah because like yeah. i didn't want to go in and come back and have 10 you know yeah. 11 months left so I, when I came back we had six weeks left and that was yeah. that was nice yeah, yeah that's 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 probably the perfect probably sweet spot yeah so i did that and then um i came back and went to what was then called um uh, the ranger orientation program um which is now what's called rasp for the uh ranger assessment and selection program yeah. so i went to the 75th ranger regiment specifically second ranger battalion for a few years uh, a couple of deployments uh, there, uh, one to uh, to Jabad, uh, to Jalalabad in Afghanistan, one back to Kandahar, and mm -hmm. so uh, more some more Kandahar experience there. And then after after that um, is when uh, shortly thereafter came to came to third ID. So you know um, that that was not. You know, third infantry division. Like in your mind, you, you're thinking this is a you know it's a it's a mechanized infantry. So I didn't know much about that. Right. I'd spent you know light and ranger experience. So I did that, and we're going to talk about that mm -hmm. uh, after third ID. I went to grad school um, uh, in Boston uh, for a couple of years, and then returned to the ranger regiment for about four years, and then yeah. went to the Pentagon for a year, which was last year. And now um, I'm spending a year uh, working as a White House fellow. Nice. Actually, and, I think yeah. it'd be cool to give a brief uh, summary of what the White House Fellow is because it's a neat program. Yeah, it's it's um, an exceptional program in that um, it was started in 1964 by uh, many individuals working in the President Johnson's administration, a, a man by the name of John Gardner. And it's really the, the purpose of it is to take um, young leaders, you know, sort of early in their career as military educators, you know, physicians, business, business folks, and, and sort of expose them at a very um, close proximity to the highest levels of government. Mm -hmm. um, so there's sort of three buckets that, um, that you, that are sort of involved in, in the White House fellowship. Number one is the placement. So you'll get placed in, you know, any, you could be placed in any number of positions across the cabinet, whether it's like small business administration, um, department of education. Uh, I, I work in the office of management and budget. Um, and so you're, you're sort of up close and personal and kind of seeing what's going on there. So that's the placement piece of it. Second one is the education program. So the education program is, you know, listening to different speakers. So whether it's senators, businessmen, um, 
um, you know, leaders, you know, cabinet secretaries, et cetera. Cool. That and then the the final piece is just you know the the fellowship itself, the learning from the other the other folks in the uh, um, in the fellowship. So there are fourteen this year. There are fourteen fellows, um, and so uh, just remarkable stories. And I mean, you can you can look look them up, but it, it's just it's amazing what uh, the you know the levels of commitment that you know not just people in the military, but you know uh, people who you know I mentioned the. One of the uh, fellows, you know, starting a high school in Harlem and 100 percent of the kids go to college or an emergency medicine physician, um, you know, uh, a police officer from Kansas City, Kansas. I mean, these are, mm -hmm. you know, all all people who believe in our country and and, uh, you know, are, are committed to it for the long term. Yeah. yeah. And that's open for anybody to apply. To it, you, it, right? it is. It is. It, it, it's, it's a pretty um, it's a pretty rigorous, pretty rigorous, uh, <laughs> right. rigorous process. Um, but, but it was, you know, it was really worth it to also reflect, uh, to do a lot of self-reflection. And I think, you know, it's one of the points you, you know, you brought up is, you know, over the years you, you can kind of take a look back and, and, and say, you know, um, take a look back on your experiences and also, um, really figure out, you know, wh what do I really value? Who, who am I and yeah. why am I that way? And, and, uh, I think it's really important to continue to do that. Considering that you're about to become a battalion commander, I'd say that's probably pretty that's good. <laughs> that's a valuable time to have. It's, yeah, yeah, that's um, and and it, I think it's I think it's even more important now, um, because you know we've got some challenges in our in our army. You know, not just in the army, but you know across the services, and and you know I remain hopeful, but you know we've we've got to uh, really emphasize how much we take care of people. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got you know we've seen some of the issues that we're having with you know, suicide and, and, uh, sexual harassment and assault. And these, these are things we've got to, we got to pay close attention to. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially within, you know, uh, you know, challenging budget times and, uh, yeah. we, we've got to make sure we're, we're, we're yeah, taking man, care of folks. I think, uh, we'll go on a little bit of a tangent, but we're going to milk you for all your worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things, about the army right now is it's got to be and, and the military service is like 20 years of deploying every other year yeah. so people have spent their entire careers at this point like yourself for example deploying to like fucking combat you know mm -hmm. or these really intense deployments or whatever and now they're all coming home and like i mean i couldn't imagine being in a non-deploying infantry unit like the idea yeah. of that mm -hmm. gives me anxiety because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. it's just like you know, so you've got this this world of people who are used to that that op tempo, are used to that that mentality, are used to that fight, and then they're having to completely readjust themselves to basically be a peacetime army again yeah. at large. You know, obviously those people are still going, mm -hmm. but at large, I think you know, yeah, it's got to be a, a transition. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a good point, and I think you know, it's because people want to do their jobs, right? Mm -hmm. I yeah, mean, um, and so. I imagine that that you know that could be a bit you know a bit challenging. Sure. Um, so I'm I, I'm also interested to see, kind of see how you know how things unfold over the next several years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, you like me have been a pogue and an infantryman. <laughs> um, do you have a cab and a CIB? No, I don't have a cab. You know, so when I was um, um, it, it didn't exist. You know, oh, when, oh, when, yeah, um, that's right. When I was um, a young enlisted guy, and so. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there, you know, if there'd be a way to like, I, I mean, and 
I'm not sure anyone who would want to, you know, sort of go right. back and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a yeah. CIB. Could I, I, yeah. I also apply for a cab <laughs> yeah. from 2002? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just like to kind of sew it on underneath. Yeah. Right, right. Just swap that every once in a while. Change it up. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it did. I, I, yeah, I can't remember the year that that they kind of came up with the with the cab but um i i don't yeah yeah i don't, I don't have it had uh, to be after iraq kicked off had to be yeah. because that's Cause all because you know you had a lot of support personnel yeah. and non-infantry people getting into getting some, into some, yeah getting yeah, some good fights good fight, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and yeah. you know you also had them chilling at kfc land <laughs> a mile outside the farm being like oh yeah put that go get in. my cab yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember hearing a story about um it was my, one of my drill sergeants and he was He's walking into uh, a chow hall on a massive fob. I think it was in Missoula. And there was some dude like working on a generator. And as he was walking in, the rocket landed like a couple hundred meters out. And that guy was like, what was that? And of course, this was like, you know, grizzled, you know, through like, I think it's his second or third deployment. And he's like, oh, it's just a rocket or a mortar or whatever. And he's like, you should get your cab, man. You know, <laughs> and the guy, uh, so he blew past him couple uh, a couple weeks later he sees the same guy he's like hey sorry hey i just let you know man i, I applied for my cab and i got it <laughs> congratulations yeah man. good job Which, yeah. you know no hate well, yeah, yeah people yeah. have earned their cabs yeah. just like yeah. infantrymen have earned yeah. their cabs and there's a lot of infantrymen out there with some cheesecake cabs too oh yeah. yeah 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 it's uh yeah it's all yeah it's sometimes it's interesting to to see you know how you actually how people actually get that kind of first one i think yeah. i actually think our first one was something like mortar fire or something like that mm -hmm. and it might have been in uh, 2007 ish or something like that but you know in some cases you, know, you don't get it for maybe your most intense thing yeah, yeah. that could be kind of something pretty uh you know what we might consider standard i mean yeah. you know certainly a mortar landing very close to you is not, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, no, no cab for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah. oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember how you got your CIB? Uh, I, I think, I think it had, uh, I think it happened in Ghazni, um, in two, I think it was 2007. I think it was some mortar fire that, that, uh, landed on a tent and, and I think we were, a couple tents over or something like that. Yeah. And, and that was kind of, you know, so it wasn't it, that first one, yeah. you know, wasn't, uh, wasn't a firefight. Um, and of course, you know, over a 15 month time period, you're going to get in sure, yeah. some of those. And, you know, I, I think what's, what's interesting about Afghanistan is like the different areas of Afghanistan that the, uh, the folks that you're fighting, they fight, they have different styles. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that was fascinating over the years to kind of watch, mm -hmm. you know, how, you know, certainly, what we faced in 2012 was just, you know, some, some pretty good mastery of, of the IED, mm, um, right. you know, and then com you know, sort of building these complex scenarios for, you know, for our guys. But, um, yeah, I think, and I think probably what we're, what we'll describe is trying to, you know, get in between their, uh, you know, some of the things that they were trying to build out for. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So <clears throat> you came to Third ID, but you didn't immediately go down to Bravo Company. You were uh, kind of lingering in staff and, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before you came down to Bravo Company to take command, were, were there any 
rumblings or anything of what was coming down the pipe as far as like upcoming deployment or was it completely because there's been a lot of conspiracy theories bounced around yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. in the ranks when, yeah. this, when this ranger uh ranger captain shows up to take take over up. a mechanized yeah. 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 Tie and yeah. a week later we're, oh we're going to afghanistan yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean the bottom line is i planned the whole thing no, <laughs> no i it, I'll, I'll tell you what you know uh I, I actually went to 164 initially when i first got to third id and i was working you know, I was working on the staff there at the battalion headquarters and um, I had counseling, you know, they, the brigade commander counsels every captain that comes in there. And so I was working at one six, four, I went, did some counseling with Colonel Cardinale, who was the brigade commander during that time. And he said, Hey, have you ever worked on staff? And I said, Nope, never worked on staff. So he pulled me, he actually pulled me back from one six, four. And, and I was, so I was working on brigade staff for six months. And so, um, when you're, when you're up on brigade, like you have no idea where you're going to, in terms of a battalion. Yeah, yeah. And so it was not clear a couple of things. It was not clear if I would even go back to one, six, four. And there was no, I had no indication that there would be any deployment whatsoever. And so, uh, you know, maybe there were folks at, you know, higher levels than me, uh, who, who knew that, but I, I did not know. I mean, I think I found out, um, yeah, I actually didn't think we would deploy at all. Yeah. And if we did, I thought, you know, based on it being third idea, I thought we would go to Iraq or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, security. At yeah. Some calf or, or whatnot. Yeah. And so um, I found out it was must have been a few weeks after taking command. Um, I mean, you weren't there for long. No, I mean, it was quick. No. That's what that's why everybody's uh, everybody's radar detection on rumor yeah. mills and stuff returning because like you yeah. were there for like two or three weeks and then all of a sudden we had orders to go to Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was um it, it was it was shocking and then I think a number of the things that followed that were were highly uncommon. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I know we'll you know we'll probably go into that, but um yeah it was I was uh, I did not have any insider information on yeah whether we'd be going anywhere. So when those were when you did get those orders like what was the first thing that popped into your head yeah. like, we aren't ready for this because we've never been to well, afghanistan before <laughs> yeah well you know i wanted to um i wanted to to try to understand as clear as possible how much time we had mm -hmm. um and it was it was pretty clear that it was going to be you know a very short fuse mm -hmm. and that the training or the train up um was going to be very was going to be kind of dictated to us based on how short of a fuse it was. And so with that being said, you know, there, there are some things that, that, um, you know, I, w I wanted to understand how much, you know, what, what could I do to get, um, you know, to get, you know, the guys ready for, for what they were going to see. Now, you know, there were very few, I think there were very few folks, uh, in the, in the company that had actually been to yeah. Afghanistan and, and having, you know, this would have been my fifth time to Afghanistan for this, you know, 2012 deployment. And, and so the, the language that people were talking about Afghanistan, it was concerning to me mm -hmm. because the, the, the language was such that it was, you know, I've been to X country and I've got it like, yeah, I'm good to go. And 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 I certainly have tremendous respect for people who have gone to different areas of the world and yeah. been to combat. What I wanted folks to understand was that this particular area of Kandahar 
it is a it's a different um um you know it's a different world in terms of the way that the enemy fights down there yeah. and it's it's difficult to describe but as as you know I was listening to you guys on this the the one with, with Matt is it's it's difficult to predict and so you're you're doing this and then all of a sudden you're doing something different and so um all that to say is um you know we had to design or try to design something in the in the near term to get get uh, get guys ready to, to kind of see some things that uh, would be you know very troubling it would be very difficult um, and that's that's tough to do when I don't I did not get the impression that that was the culture mm-hmm. within that organization yeah. <clears throat> um, well I think even the guys that had been to Afghanistan before yeah. they had been in the mountains they had been you know Pactia Kunar yeah um, Sergeant Johnson Sergeant Johnson was at Wanat. Yeah, Johnson was at Wanat. Yeah, yeah. And then Nance was in Pactia. Yeah, yeah. And then you. Yeah. And I think that was it. it might have been yeah. it. Yeah. I think yeah. that was the only Afghanistan experience in the entire company. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, I'd been to Pactia, Pactika. I'd been to Kunar. I've been you know a number of other places. And so I, you know, I I had that sense like, yeah, I, I know. Even if you'd been, if you hadn't been, like I had been down Azari, Panjway, Argandab, that whole area. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I mean, they're 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 very uh, well equipped for a number of reasons, right? I mean, you know, you've, this is you know that area. It's, it's as much about drugs as it is about mm-hmm. you know uh, you know whatever else we we you know you, you could come up with, and so you know the, the people who are responsible for that area have a vested interest in making sure yeah. that they can continue to do yeah. what they need to do. So yeah, because uh, yeah. in Panjway, <clears throat> for people who weren't in that district or people who didn't serve with us there, like drug, it was a drug economy. You know, you had yeah. poppy and marijuana and we've talked a little bit about it before and yeah. we'll probably take some time in the future to really take a deep dive on it. But essentially like the big, like the big thing is poppy. They harvest it. It gets shipped to Amsterdam. Yeah. All, 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 all over yeah, the world. Yeah, all over the world. Yeah, I should actually talk to my brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my brother, yeah. well, he was in the DEA. Yeah. Um, he, might, he might have some he might, So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, he might have a thing or two to say yeah. about it. And I can't remember what the number was, um, but I want to say it was like 80 something percent of the heroin production in Europe came out of Afghanistan. It's, it's, it's pretty high. It's, yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty high. And so, um, yeah. So, the, I mean, and even when, in, even when we'd find, you know, what, what might appear to be, um, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, processed, you know, poppy, you know, like mm-hmm. you come across this big pile of, you know, you might, uh, there might be some, some level of excitement about that. Oh man, we found, you know, a half a ton of, you know, whatever. And so, you know, I used to, I used to say, well, is that a lot? Yeah. Because I mean, if you don't know how much it's getting produced, right. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it like may not, be that big of a deal yeah but, i mean certainly certainly you want to you want to try to uh, get rid of it yeah, that's that's what we were asked to do mm-hmm. but um at any rate the bottom line is um i think they were they were very um talented and uh, you know i don't say talented and like i you know but they they uh, they were highly skilled and i think yeah. i think i think you saw that yeah you know when you would you know, anytime you'd find an IED, like you could see the pressure plate was well constructed. It, you right. know, the, the trainers that that they were bringing through there to um, it was it was clear that they they were highly skilled. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and you mentioned you had been to Panjway before. Yeah. Uh, and your brother had been to Panjway right. extensively. That's right. Um, so with as much as you can, what were what were your previous experiences in Panjway? Yeah. I um, mean, were they direct action raids? Were they were you doing patrolling out there? Yeah. I mean, how 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 did that look like? Yeah. So it was very different. Um, um, in that it was uh, direct action raids, like in uh, when I was in the Ranger Regiment, and so you know. You, you you were typically going in there with a, a lot more resources right. and sort of pinpointing an area where you needed to be and and um, and so you as soon as as soon as I you know as soon as I knew that we were going to go there as a conventional infantry element that's that's fundamentally different from what you would do uh, on a, on a raid because you know, you're going to be exposed during the day, you know? Right. And, and you know that cause I spent 15 months doing these long drawn out day patrols and, and, you know, uh, in another part of the country, but that it's, it's un- unique and a, a unique exposure of risk in that particular area because, because of the IED threat and because of the grape rows and, and, you know, if, you know, I know you guys have talked about it, but just, you know, it looks manageable until you get, get on the there. ground, yeah. Right. Yeah. Until yeah. You get out there. So, you know, a hundred or 200 meters can, can end up taking almost an hour or you yeah. know, whatever it is, just depending on what you face. And if you get shot yeah. at, then it's another yeah. hour because <laughs> you're right. sitting there, you're waiting for birds, yeah. birds do their thing. You're going to wait for the birds to yeah. clear. And then, yeah, that's right. And so, um, so yeah, predominantly direct action. Then, you know, my, my brother, we, you know, he ended up joining the army. He was a communicator and then he became a special forces NCO. He was, um, in comms and did some other things that, you know, won't talk about here, but, but, uh, he had served in Panjway with his ODA. And so we had some discussions and he had worked specifically, um, in the, di- you know, the district center, um, you know, with the leadership there. And then they had done several operations, specifically in that area. So Sparwingar right. and right. uh that entire area. So he was very uh aware of that. And so we would we would we would have pretty detailed meetings. I actually went to to Fort Bragg where his team was and we did some, you know, I did some in-depth briefings with them um to just get the best understanding yeah. that I could uh of what you know what we were gonna face. Yeah, for sure. And and what was that kind of understanding that you came away with talking yeah. to him and you know the in the outgoing unit that was already at Sparwangar, I mean, as far as the picture in your head going in, what were you seeing and what were you thinking was going to be your first yeah, challenges? Yeah. I, I, my understanding and it, it, it was that, um, and for, for, you know, a number of reasons that there, there, that unit was not, uh, necessarily, um, going out as, as, uh, as much as, uh, perhaps was expected. And so, you know, we came in in March and it does become a little bit more challenging in the winter, in the winter to necessarily, you know, get out and, and patrol. But in Kandahar, the nice thing is that it, it doesn't necessarily get, you know, as cold as if you were in Kunar or yeah, if you were, right. yeah. Yeah, definitely you know, up, up in the north. Um, And so w- when you, when you're not out, um, you know, meeting with elders, you know, uh, visiting the villages, you know, it, it starts, you know, the, the, the villages can kind of start closing in on you mm-hmm. and, you know, Sparrow and Garb is certainly dominating terrain. Um, 
but but if you allow sort of close in or around you and, and you know you read the you read the book lines of Kandar, uh you know you can you can start getting into yeah, you start getting into some problems, and so yeah, and real close to home. Yeah, yeah, yeah real yeah. close to home. Yeah. And you know, we had a a couple of you know small scale attacks on on the cop, as you guys probably remember, which um, you know were relatively easy to to repel. But I, you know, disproportionately wh- responded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Why are you in? Why are you in PTs with the Gustav? Right now? Yeah, yeah, I think the um, colloquial term is uh, death blossom. <laughs> yeah. I actually remember really, really excited because I was like, I'm going to get to find my flip flops in my t shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was just so happy about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so, you know, went in um, knowing that, you know, 99% of it was going to be on foot, you know, and that mm-hmm. was something that, you know, culturally we, we were not. So, so for people who are listening, it's like, this was a Bradley mm-hmm. uh, fighting vehicle company. So, right. And, and I'm not saying that as, as an infantryman, you got to be an infantryman. But at the same time, your primary delivery mechanism to the battlefield is, is a tank. Bradley. Yeah. yeah. It's, so and it's so. A, yeah. A baby so, tank. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So so I, I want to be I want to be clear. It's, it's not like it, the things I was introducing weren't like novel. And it's like, yeah. look at you know, look at what we did. It's just we, we now had to. Let's put the Bradleys away. And, and, yeah. And let's focus Actually, let's, on uh, we'll backpedal a little bit because sure. I want to talk about it. Because, um, so as an infantryman who spent his entire career in third ID in an armored battalion, uh, you know, I'll be the first to admit that we were fucking fat. We were out of shape. (laughs) And like, this is, uh, this is a unit that had spent five deployments, four deployments, I think up to that point, like literally breaching doors with Bradley's and just like dumping dudes into somebody's living room, you know? Right. So the idea of humping gear for more than, you know, 40 feet yeah. yeah. Granted, clearing block by block inside our city is a different story. Sure. But, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the first things that you did when, especially when we, well, before we got orders, because you know, you would, you were trying to whip us into physical shape, which we needed. But also, one of the first things you did is when we got orders, you started smoking the shit out of us. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, I was like, fuck, you know, and especially um, when we started running those like ranger fitness assessment thing. And the thing we did with the plates where we had to like climb the ropes yeah. and do the pull ups and run, yeah. run back and forth. And I actually remember um, at one point towards the end of that, I was really slogging and slowing down. And uh, and I was like, but I kind of hit that second wind yeah. and I started kind of huffing it up and I was yeah. feeling pretty good about myself. And here comes fucking kitchen, just <laughs> smoking. And I think that was like your fourth lap. And, but it was, um, it was necessary for us yeah. because, you know, because we hadn't trained around that idea. And even like, even though there's some seriously good infantrymen in that unit, um, like the, the deployment before ours was to Sauter city and they got to some thick bushy fights, you know, yeah. but, yeah. Or sorry, the deployment before the Mosul deployment, yeah. my first deployment, whatever. So many yeah. things. Um, but you know, one of the most valuable things in retrospect that you brought to the unit was we just started carrying shit. You know, and we went out to that field problem and we did what was supposed to be twenty-two miles. I suspect it was a little bit more than that. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, we just you know carried shit for a long period of time because that's exactly what we did in, in Panjway. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I, I mean, and I know we'll get to it, but I, th- I think, um, I'm, you know, I, I can set up all sorts of things. I can say, oh, we're going to do this in preparation, but in almost every case, leaders below me 
we're, we're taking it to the next level. They're saying, Hey, you know, you, you said, let's do this. What if we did it like this to where we could kind of make it more effective? You know, the, the platoon sergeants, I mean, the Sergeant Ots of the world, the, mm-hmm. I mean, the, you know, they're coming up with better, not necessarily easier ways, but more effective and, and more challenging ways to do it. Like when we go out, when we went out to that field problem, before we walked back, integrating actual helicopters to do the medevac training and all sorts of stuff. Um, but the way I looked at it is, um, and I, and I know people did not like what, you know, maybe the intensity of what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what I wasn't going to do is, is get over there and wish we would have done more. Yeah. Wish we would have done more. And so, um, you know, unless what I was doing was like fundamentally like, um, you know, like illegal or immoral or something mm-hmm, like right. that. Um, you know, we, we were going to, you know, we were going to try to push, push the limit pretty hard because, you know, just, I could, I could visualize these great bros. Like, yeah. yeah. Because even, even when you're doing pinprick, you know, raids, like you, you come across something or you look at something like, what in the world is that? Or mm-hmm. like, you've got to move, yeah. you know, a little bit further than you thought you would. Um, and the heat, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if you go in the middle of the night uh, somewhere in, in Panjway in April and it's like that hot, you know, I'm yeah. thinking to myself, man, we're going to go in March. Yeah. Imagine what it's going to be like in July. Yeah. Um, and so I think there were guys who, who uh, did not believe that. And there yeah. were some hard lessons learned in, um, in combat. You know, th- there were guys who were apologizing, you know, if they fell out, you know, on a, like on a mission. You know, and and that's not the time. Like, I don't, I don't need you to apologize. You know, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. So, you know, I should have. You know, we're we're in the middle of it now. Like, th- here we are. It, yeah, it's it's going to be okay. Like, we're and sometimes yeah. as he just catches up with you, like, well, this guy he catted after a <laughs> yeah. fucking terrible ambush. Yeah. But but it ha- you know, but it, it, it happens. But it, and, it, ha- yeah. but it I, happens. I went black on water one time, and this was like way into the deployment. Like, I was yeah. in shape. I, I was used yeah. to it, you know. And I went black on water. 700 meters from Spermangar yeah. and on the on the hump back like I almost went down yeah. in that Sarnai Hill I was like I just like I actually <laughs> almost blacked out yeah. you know and I remember looking up at him and being like can I have a little bit of water <laughs> and so he gave yeah. me his camelback and I, I suckled at his teeth <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I bet what surprised you was it wasn't water it was coffee in yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like did he, did he yeah. have water yeah. he actually yeah. had water but I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Wawa movies in one of his magazine pouches yeah. So, yeah. yeah as a matter of fact that the day we walked back from that field problem uh I remember when we stepped off. That was the same day I got shot in the face with a sim, a sim round. Yeah. But as we're walking out, you know, to start, I look over and there's Sergeant Ott and he's sprinting. Some, you know, I don't, I don't know what he's doing. And as he nears, like there's a tent nearby. As he nears it, he like yanks out that wild that wawa cup yeah. or whatever it was that coffee cup yeah. and apparently there was like coffee in the battalion talk he goes, <laughs> gets yeah. filled up and then he takes i forgot about off. that because yeah. we, we passed it and he just yeah. bolted out he <laughs> yeah. got his coffee revealed and came back into yeah. the formation yeah it's pretty yeah. cool yeah that's uh that's a part of his legend yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it keeps it's funny because organically everybody ends up bringing up sarn Knott's uh, coffee yeah and that was his bradley gunner and uh my last name's coffee so I made a lot of coffee yeah. for Sarnot. <laughs> and I think he liked the way I make it because at that point in my life, I wasn't a coffee drinker. 
and I wonder, uh, I was like, man, how the fuck did I make it in the army without, I never used energy drinks, yeah. and I never drank coffee. Yeah. Now, energy drinks I didn't really want to get yeah. into. What about dip? You, no, you, I never yeah. did dipped or nothing. With, yeah, that's that's pretty. I would say that's pretty rare. Yeah. In, in the uh, well, I had yeah. this weird mentality. I was like, I'm going to do everything from a natural energy. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and so that that kept me out of forming some bad habits. But now that I'm like definitely highly addicted to coffee, <laughs> thanks to my wife. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, man. Yeah. Like that first cup for PT, and then like a, a fucking gallon after PT would have been <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you when when I started flying. It's, it's it's not even optional. Yeah. Especially if you're doing transitions from like day to night shifts. Mm-hmm. It's like, like you wake up with coffee and you put yourself to sleep with melatonin. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise your body has no idea what yeah. time of day it is yeah. or what it's yeah. supposed to be doing. For sure. Um, so we did all this this lead up. Uh, we did the, the 22 mile death march. Um, we get into country. Well, actually, before we get into country, you knew the situation we were going into better than anybody probably in the battalion. I don't even think like battalion leadership understood what probably any, Bravo company. anybody in third ID. Yeah. You know, honestly. Oh, that's, a, that's an exaggeration, but you know what I'm yeah. saying? In second brigade. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So probably more than anybody else, you understood that the, the potential was high that not only were you going to have soldiers wounded, but that you potentially were going to have some of your soldiers killed. And what, what was that like for you? When, when did that hit you? And how did, how did you as a leader process that and then just continue moving forward with, with your job, knowing that that was a possibility down the road? Mm. No, and actually knowing it was going to happen, yeah. especially when we found out we were going to Pantoja and Sparrow and yeah. Car. It's a, it's a great question. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it goes back to, you know, just wanting to, to prepare as much as I could. And then, and then getting to know, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, you know, we do, uh, I think we did like, I don't know if it's like a family picnic or something mm-hmm. like that and trying to get to know the, the families as well, because, um, you know, th- there is certainly the idea that we're going there to complete the missions that we're asked to do. Right. Um, but, you know, in, in this day and age, it's, it, it's in many cases, it's difficult to understand like, well, if I, you know, if I do this mission to sketch a, this village, um, if, if I, you know, if we do these couple of missions or, you know, is that, is that going to mean I, I, you know, did like I did good, you know, right. or the, the company did well, the, there's other component of trying to bring everybody home safely. Yeah. Um, and, and those, those two things don't always align, mm-hmm. right. You're going to have in, in, in some ways you're going to have to, um, you know, expose yourselves to risks that, uh, will, uh, potentially end up in folks getting wounded or, or killed. Um, so, you know, I focused on taking this, taking it very seriously, but, but not taking myself too seriously because I mean, at the end of the day, like we're just a human being. And I know, you know, there are all sorts of, you know, like you say, conspiracy theories, legends. And, <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, like when we're doing those uh, climbing ropes with body armor and everything, my body's hurting too, you know, yeah. like I, you know, I think, you know, the, I did it with every platoon and by, by the last platoon, I, th- I can't remember whose platoon was last. I literally could not feel one of my legs. Like it was completely numb yeah. as I was, you know, but I'm still running, you know, so we're doing, we're doing these things together in preparation uh, for this. The other thing is um, trying to get to know 
the the unit that we were going to be attached to. So you know, we were peeled away from yeah uh, from the rest of the battalion, which was very again that was very strange uh, to to have that command relationship mm -hmm. at least from you know from my experience. And so trying to get to understand how that working relationship is going to work. And so I focused on that, and uh, you know, we we ended up getting that relationship a little bit tighter when we went to uh, NTC for the prep. But um, those were at least some, some of the, that's certainly a big, a big question, which I don't think I have, you know, all the best answers for it, but, sure. you know, trying to, you know, focus on as seriously on the preparation and the, you know, getting to know the guys as, as much as, as much as possible with sure. like nine, I, I don't know what it's like 90, 90 days ish. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you, know, you take time. away yeah Thanksgiving, you take away Christmas, yeah. you take, you know, four day weekends. And yeah. Stuff, so, yeah. So you had actually been the Panjway before, mm -hmm. but in your capacity as a, as a special operations guy, you were doing these hit and run raids, night raids, stuff like that. Um, so when was there a moment or an event where it really sunk into you that this was going to be a long, hard fight for us as a conventional force doing these long foot patrols on the ground in the AO? Hmm. This is a, this is a good one. Cause I'm, you know, I'm trying to remember, you know, your platoon specifically, mm -hmm. um, the first firefight, maybe you guys got in, maybe yeah. it was, uh, I think okay, captain, maybe captain B below was with you guys. Is that the first one you guys got <gasps> in or? Yeah. We were out to the West on yeah. the Taliban highway. I think you were on that patrol. Yeah. I, yeah. So as it warms up, I, I know that it's going to happen. And so, I mean, um, especially in that area and so it's only it's really only a matter of time but i think it's it, it was a couple of things it's not necessarily the distances but how long it takes to cover these short these sort yeah. of these short um really what you know if you look on a map it's a really short distance yeah. yeah um but what makes it very what makes it very difficult is the size of the elements that you you end up having to go out with because you have to move in a file mm -hmm. and um there was this at least we were attempting because we were directed to do so to have the ana quote in the lead mm -hmm. yeah you know and and that's i mean that's a whole different discussion <laughs> that might be a different episode. yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. um well, I remember in the, yeah. in the in the beginning they were willing to. Yeah, they they were up front, clearing in front of our clearing element. Yeah, and, but as soon as, you know, as soon as it started, as soon to, heat it started up. to get bad, they started to suddenly forget how to use the mind detectors. Yeah, yeah. they didn't. Get, they weren't getting the training. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wish I could be up there. I just I just didn't have the training. So could yeah, you, could you do it this time? Yeah, could yeah. you do it this time? I, yeah. I trained you four times already. <laughs> yeah. I know you. Yeah, Man, it was it wasn't me. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it was my twin brother. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say that. Um, well, pretty early on, literally mid patrol, like they were clearing stuff, and then we count like the front end went got hit in a firefight, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you guys can do it." Yeah. No, we're just gonna kind of hang out back yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. So, and after after that, we basically start taking the lead on. Um, yeah, yeah. Everything we not for lack of trying yeah. to push them. That's right. Sure. And, yeah. And so that that um, I say all that to say, I think that was uh, when I understood that it was going to be a very difficult deployment for us because here's here's what you face in that uh, in that scenario is there's an expectation particularly with the battalion commander who um i tremendously respect and still stay in contact with him to this day that colonel rutherford. Uh, lieutenant colonel rutherford um and he 
you know, you didn't see it as much as I would, but he was everywhere on the battlefield. He was everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he would be every, you know, every, with every platoon I'd be out with. And I, you know, I, I would try to go out as much as I could with every single platoon. And um, so the expectation that we were always doing missions and patrolling and pushing, sort of pushing the limit as far as we could, but you had this dynamic of the ANA didn't want to be in the lead or, you know, so, right. so we, we would have <clears throat> some pretty, you know, heated uh, back and forth about, you know, w- what they were and were not willing to do, but there was still this expectation to do it. Mm-hmm. And so there's that tension of, well, so what are we going to, so what are we going to do about it? Do, are we going to just not? And so the, uh, there was not an option to say, we're not going to, like, we're not going to do the mission right. because, um, and, and it ebbed and flowed, right? I mean, there were some times when they, they would do it. They, but, were, super, but, they yeah. were super down. They'd you show know? up with extra people. But, yeah. it, but you know, it, if they didn't want to do it, it wasn't like, you know, let's say they, let's say they quit halfway through the patrol. I mean, what are you going to do? You're not going to, you're not going to try to get home. Yeah. You know, so that. Well, that, that happened on yeah. the day that Perez got shot. Yeah. They, they quit. They quit on us. And then they just went and hung out under some trees and found a bunch of Taliban sleeping and there's massacre massacred him <laughs> yeah. i don't know what the truth was to that story was but yeah. they did they quit they didn't come back with us yeah yeah and then but was, we, came, we came back and then they came back later with their war story yeah <laughs> it was funny about that it's like they they quit started walking back we stayed in there and fought and we fought that you know that nice little substantial firefight mm-hmm. and then we tr- took the trucks back and beat them back to the cop yeah <laughs> hey guys yeah yeah anyways i digress yeah <laughs> um so we're we're bouncing around a little bit um in terms of topics and stuff we're trying to you know really get a good picture but when sure. we, as a as a commander when you got on the ground at Sperwangar obviously you're looking at the situation there and there's holes that you you need to fill like you know we're not doing this well we're not doing this well mm. we we can do this better like we probably don't need to keep doing that what were, what yeah. were like your priorities of work when you got on the ground at Sperwangar Yeah so um I you know I, I wanted to First of all, you know, understand kind of what what we had in terms of like resources right. on the cop, and and I, I think I think you guys would agree. I mean, Sparrow Guard was a, kind of a best kept secret for mm-hmm. um, for when you're when you're not on an operation, you actually can can kind of reset some right. of, you know some of the things that already existed and the kind of the way we we uh, we built it out. You know, so we had uh, you know vehicles. We had a pretty good security plan Mm -hmm. um we had um the concrete building yeah we had yeah yeah yeah, i mean so so there's literally used to be a school so we had this concrete building we had pretty good fitness resources you know our the ana company lived there with us so Mm -hmm. that you know we we had immediate access to them um and then sort of understanding what had been done what were the relationships between um, the previous units that had been there? Um, and then really we had to build, build some new relationships with the, you know, I had to uh, laterally with the company commanders who I had never worked with. Right. You know? And so Not the ones in one, two, yeah, three, right. In yeah. One, yeah. And one, two, three. And so, so there's that. And then there's the ODA that sits at the Panjway district center. So, so there's here, here's what we have. Let, let me understand, you know, the relationships and the the operational tempo that that had kind of been uh, existing, 
Um, but then you had to get going, you know, mm-hmm. you yeah. had to sort of get going. So I think we did a couple of, you know, rip patrols, which were, you know, they were way too big, you know, yeah, they were like these massive, you know, I can't remember how many folks we took out, but, you know, because you got to move uh, generally in a file, it was, it was pretty tedious to, to get that done. But they, you know, they were kind of walking us to a couple of different villages yeah. and meeting, meeting with folks. And they were, they were like the close safe villages, as I remember, like yeah. Adam's Eye, Pine Luke. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Some, some, yeah, the ones that are sort of right outside the gate, which, which towards the end of the deployment, everything started becoming dangerous. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I, I looked at it up front. Um, and, uh, and then kind of, uh, you know, and that's a, that's a pretty quick assessment within a couple of weeks. And then sure. you got it, you know, you got it. Then we're going. on our way. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 We, um, I think we adapted to that pretty quick. I mean, we, we've had a lot of conversations, at least for us on the ground, uh, doing the patrols as, as just, you know, as Joe's or team leaders or whatever is, um, kind of see the tactics that we use like in, in three phases, you know, the first three months or first two months really, uh, was roads trying to be like really deliberately clearing every step, real slow movements, you know? And then after the engineers got hit, it was off the roads up and over grape rows. And that was like that three or four months there. But then we kind of accidentally found out, uh, toward at least this is, no, this is again, our limited view as, Mm -hmm. as you know, first platoon and then we kind of found out that if we like kind of strongholded at the edge of taliban country they would come to us so we yeah. could actually set up a proper a proper position to yeah. fight them from you know yeah um so that was when we were doing those really late night walks in and yeah. being yeah. at the door at 3 30 yeah. and waiting for you know official bmnt to yeah. hit so we could go That's in right. and then yeah you know yeah. Th- those were the patrols where we i thought we were most effective towards the end because we weren't getting hit on the way in yeah, and if we could, like you said, hold a strong point, and they found out we were there, they'd come to us. We could get into a good gunfight while we're holding an Alamo. Yeah, and then we beat them back a little bit, and we go back relatively safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something that we've um, we've talked about a lot. Curtis and I have spent probably too much time sitting around like, if it had been a twelve month deployment, like we could have bucked some people. Up, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but uh, I'm also yeah. really glad it wasn't. Yeah, the only for when I would have had to come home because yeah. I was out of the army like yeah. sixty days later. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, you you talk about the um that sort of style of operation towards the end like we had been pushing for that because that's what we did that's what we did on the 15 month deployment that's but you know of course it's 2007 2008 yeah. mm-hmm. but uh what you may not know is like we were not actually allowed to do that kind of style of operation because there was a fear that uh that we were going to be going in people's homes at night mm-hmm. and that i mean that's it's not it's not not what we did but um, that is the, you know, my estimation is the safest way to get into an area, um, you know, to get, to get into an area. Like, so you're not like, I mean, think about it. You'd be walking on these, you know, these grape rows out in the open, like anyone can see, you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day. Um, yeah. We, I feel like low crawl day, what, what we came to be called low crawl day, you were on that patrol. And that was where that day where we were pushing to Lloyd Collet. Lloyd Collet. Yeah. That's when the dog handler tried to, to quit. Quit on us. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I remember that yeah. pretty pretty vividly. Yeah. Um, but after that day, because we, we were like, you know what? I think we started leaving at like 11 o'clock at night you know, <laughs> yeah. because if we could be there yeah. instead of getting hit because we could hit like yeah. eight times pushing into that yeah. village. 
Yeah, it's uh, man. Yeah, and I, yeah, if I remember correctly, I mean, it's not. It took a long time. It took it forever. Long time. It was a long patrol to get, uh, to get out there, and it wasn't that long. I mean, I mean, it's probably what a couple, three clicks off of Brown, about three clicks. Yeah, because yeah. it was past Sketcha. Yeah, kind but we just read the needle between Sketcha and mm-hmm. Slomcon and ended up at yeah. and then. But that was the first day. <laughs> I got to shoot the Gustav. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a beautiful moment. Yeah, uh, but you know, this kind of preamble to a conversation that we can maybe have is. For us on the ground, from the PLs all the way down to the Joes, you know, we began to kind of find different tactics in different ways. And you, as the company commander, like what kind of tactical synthesis were you trying to reach with the platoons in terms of, you know, all that being said, we weren't we weren't hardcore, dedicated badasses. Like we were all like, fuck, I don't want to go out again, you know. <laughs> but if we're going to yeah. go out, we were going to obviously do our yeah. best to fight yeah. hard and so that we could make it back as, yeah. as well as we could. So what was that kind of, what was that process like for you as a commander? Yeah, this, this, this is good. You know, I, I think it was, and I think the PLs did a did a great job of it is sharing the lessons learned. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and you guys probably talked about it, at, um, you know, between the, hopefully between the guys in the platoons, but early on um, there was a lot of frustration that certain platoons were, and, and this, this sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That certain platoons were getting all the contact, yeah. you know? And I mean, think, think about yeah. that statement. I yeah. mean, think about, you know, I can remember talking to some of the, some of the leaders of the other platoons. Cause you, I mean, you guys made contact pretty early mm-hmm. is, you just wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Be careful you know, what like, you wish for. Yeah, be, yeah. Care, be, be, be very careful what you wish for because, you know, um, uh, when it starts, you know, you don't you don't control when that stops. Mm-hmm, like you don't. Right. Um, and so, you know, if if uh, for example, you know, third platoon, you know, they had some pretty good you know ways that they would kind of get over walls and like the thing like who carried what and who would pass what to who and mm-hmm. you know and so sharing those things like when we would have our kind of company level meetings with the platoon leaders you know here's kind of what worked for us and maybe it won't work for you but you know you can sort of uh you know tweak it to where it works for for your element and so that's um that I think was important and I it was also important for me to to be to be with platoons, but you know, not, I remember as a, as a PL, like I didn't, um, I didn't always want my commander out there with sure, me. Sure. Cause you know, at, at, at some point, like if you're pretty young, you probably need, uh, uh, someone out there just to kind of help you understand what's important and what like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe where your focus should be. But yeah, you get to a point where you, you can kind of be out there on your own and accomplish what you need to accomplish. So, yeah, there's a balance there, and um, on being sort of you know maybe too present, and you know I, I'm sure I jacked it up sometimes, but the the idea is like it's a hard enough fight to where you know I don't I, I would never want there for someone to be like man you know what I never saw him you know or he's yeah. always like I always saw him at the chow hall or something yeah. like you know yeah, um, sure. and plus I want to do my job too you yeah. know I'm an I'm an infantryman so yeah. Um, and so I, you know, being out there and, uh, you know, being in the midst of it is, is also yeah. important cause you can kind of, you know, feel what everybody else is, uh, is feeling as well. I think for us, it was cool to, to see out there on patrol cause it's like, okay, he's not, 
You know, he's not sitting around the defect eating Twinkies and running off the talk and be like, hey, go over there and do this. Now, you did that sometimes to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, but, uh, Twinkies? Yeah. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Looking at the talk and be like, go over there and check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, but it's uh, yeah. obviously we are now years later i understand yeah. like you had a lot of balls to juggle you know so yeah. you couldn't be out there every single day on every yeah. single patrol yeah and and i've i've been on the other end of that yeah i've been and it, in some cases in in some environments it's it's worse because people can be looking exactly where you are like they've got something over the top of you and they're like hey why don't you move your second squad the the third guy on the left he probably should move four feet to the right i mean yeah yeah um, so I, which happened yeah. because that stupid balloon had passed <laughs> yeah, happened, yeah, and happened so, all the time. Yeah. Hey, why, well, you guys are kind of bunched up behind that wall. That's right. Hey, sorry, major. That's <laughs> the only wall. <laughs> That's right. So, so I, I am, I, I am certainly sensitive to that. And yeah. you know, when you, when you're making radio calls and, and, um, uh, I, I am, it is not lost on me yeah. uh, when you, um, you know, when when you do that and yeah and you you know you're you're trying to um yeah in some case you got to be pretty directed but I, it is not it is not lost on me how that must especially when you're out there and it's hot and you're yeah. like well, so you're like I'm yeah gonna, i'm gonna get my uh, e-tool yeah out. yeah is that what they're called yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm gonna dig my little hole and i'm gonna bury the hatchet <laughs> yeah, with you real quick yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because yeah. um there was one patrol it was, it was kohler's first patrol and okay. like you were at least from my impression uh, once again limited admittedly mm -hmm. it felt like you were pushing us real hard to push yeah. in on these guys that yeah. uh, can they had a pkm or something mm. and then we ended up getting a fucking nasty ambush yeah. Yeah. and i almost got killed yeah um like i have like dirt kicked up into my face yeah. from around yeah. hitting the ground yeah. and just it, i can't believe somebody did get hit on that patrol yeah. curtis heard them talking they yeah. were so close yeah and, and so for for a while i was uh you know i had a, I had a a thorn in my side about that <laughs> and it took me a few years yeah you know, it took me a couple three years after the fact to kind of gain some maturity and perspective but uh oh it's no hard feelings yeah that's, what I, that's basically where i'm yeah. getting with that yeah that's another one i planned out yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it it uh you know you you guys um and i've told i've told curtis this i mean it that was that was a violent deployment it was you know and and um and you never know you know, the types of things that will affect somebody, um, or, or when it will affect you. And, um, what I've, what I always try to do is, um, uh, with any, anyone that I come into contact with, um, is assume that they have noble intent, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, that, uh, I know is 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 sometimes difficult, um, and was difficult for me. You know, like there were several of the uh, we'll probably get it maybe a little bit, but several of these missions over to the you know into the uh, maybe to the east into like uh, the village of, village of Najat, mm -hmm. where you know you you go in there and I mean you guys have been in there a few times, but think about like if you've been in there a few times and I've been in there with every platoon, like I've been in there a lot. Yeah, yeah. But there's a certain point in time where. You know, I'm I'm asking the battalion, like, I don't think we should go back in there again. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. but there are these levels of, you know, uh, discussion. And, and at some point you got to say, man, do, do uh, is the person who's trying to tell me to do this? Are they in some cases they just don't know what they're talking about. Right. But um, if you're going to get forced to do it, you know, how do you you know, 
if if I tell you to do something, I'm not going to say, well, somebody told me to do it. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, that's not it. Yeah, when my commander says it's going to get done, I mean, that now I own, you know, you own now it, I yeah. own it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it. But again, yeah, some some of those times, you know, you uh, you're in those <laughs> you're in those tough firefights and you get mad. But at the same time, it's funny. It, it, in some cases, it's funny to watch. I'm not being cavalier in yeah, this no. bit. Yeah. But some of the things you see or guys, you know, some of the things you see can can be uh, can be comical, like either in the moment or afterwards. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but that was an incredibly violent, pretty, pretty violent deployment. Yeah. And that's something that <laughs> we actually wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know, we, we never got the big picture where Bravo 164 kind of sat into that picture. You know, you you just mentioned it was a, we had a very violent deployment and we, yeah. and we knew that. Um, but we also knew that they were having a violent deployment in Zari, yeah. you know, they're having a violent deployment deeper in the horn. You know, we didn't even know what was going on in the East of the country or the North of the country. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how, what kind of insight you had onto what was going on in the rest of the country and then kind of where our mission fit into, you know, Panjway and Kandahar. Yeah. This is, yeah. It's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What the hell were we doing there? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, essentially. Yeah. 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 The short it, um, yeah. yeah. You know, you could, I mean, you could certainly, depending on how far back or how big of a picture you want, it, it depends. But um, certainly, you know, we know the, like the reason why we entered into Afghanistan at the beginning is sure. we, mm-hmm. we um, ideally would want uh, it, there to be a situation where, um, um, you know, they can't harbor terrorists right. and that um, in my view and they, you know everything I'm obviously uh, that I'm saying is is my view and not like the view of of the army is uh, that is almost impossible yeah. to mm-hmm. to do that just based on the the way that Af- Afghanistan and the like the porous you know borders mm-hmm. etc. Um, even just I mean, even the sure. terrain makes sure. that almost impossible, much less the culture sure. and social sure. frameworks. That, that's that's absolutely right, and so you know in order to do that, there's, there's a security part of it, but then there's also, you know, we're trying to help them build their economy and, and get, get kids into school, whether you're a boy or a girl. And, um, you're, you're trying to limit the resources that go to the primary group, uh, armed group in Afghanistan. Cause you know, there's a number of them mm-hmm. that, that, you know, take away a source, the primary source of their revenue. And so, you know, Panjway or Kandahar specifically, there's Kandahar and Helmand that sits right, <clears throat> right next to it. Um, you know, are, are big feeders into uh, into the Taliban's resources, and yeah. so you, you're sort of in the middle, you know, of a you know sort of a vein that that the, that this you know that these resources are running through, um, you know, to get into Kandahar city. And then to, to move elsewhere in the country and and then around the world and have and all so, those spectacular attacks we kept hearing about. <laughs> yeah, 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 spectacular. We we do have to. I'm going to yeah. pause you real quick. Yeah, what sure. is a spectacular attack? Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 one where if it happens, your jaw drops. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean wow. Yeah, that yeah. was an incredible yeah. attack, yeah. but yeah. I would not call it spectacular. <laughs> spectacular. Yeah. I I did I didn't see any jaws that were down. So yeah, I it was, it was so pretty basic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's a good reminder, you know, it's like per, to prevent, right. To prevent, yeah, prevent spectacular, spectacular yeah. attack on Canada yeah. city. That's yeah. such an interesting adjective. Yeah. 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 You know, somebody, somebody came up with it. Someone so. got a, 
yeah, yeah. Oh, we, oh, we, oh, we are <laughs> that one. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, and so there were, there were a couple decisions that were getting made in terms of, you know, how, you know, how you might, you know, either, you know, prevent attacks on, on, on Kandahar or to limit some of these resources. And, you know, one of them was like the, you know, poppy eradication efforts and, um, and then, you know, going into some of these areas and, and, you know, taking away, you know, whether it's recoilless rifles or weapons or, you know, IED making material. Um, and so in order to do that, you're, you're, you're operating, you're like you're choosing to operate in a, in whatever way you can in order to do that within the f- bounds of, of the rules that you, that you can. Yeah. And primarily that was during the day for us, which right. is very hard. Yeah. Which is very hard. So that, so, so, um, you know, the, the battalion was, you know, was sort of, uh, we were, uh, the furthest, what, to the east, mm-hmm, I guess. Yeah. And then the, the rest of the battalion was spread to the west, you know, uh, several companies down into the Horn of Pandroy to the west. Um, and, and then you had, you know, Zari Argandab sort of to the north of us. And so all, all of that stuff, you know, we, we come up with, arbitrary boundaries those right. those are meaningless to you know to, to our adversaries they're meaningless yeah um and so you know where where my area would stop you know like it, it, i would say it was it was um less intertwined between companies like being able to uh to seamlessly hand things off because right. you, you know you kind of feel like you're i'm dealing with my own problems here the resources overhead are very are stretched very thin right. you know trying to get medevac support or um you know uh you know uh, you know attack aircraft i mean the the resources to support the average infantry element were extremely uh slim mm. so you know um taking a step back that's sort of the you know the bigger picture to kind of what we stepped into um and so the day-to-day uh, operations you know, partnered with an A and A company is how do you, um, and at that, and at that time we were trying to tra- more and more transition to them taking the lead, be, taking yeah, yeah. The lead. and the ch- one of the big challenges there, as you saw, is you know uh, the United States gives them resources, whether it's money, it's money to you know the highest level, and that's supposed to sort of trickle down, tri- trickle down, and um, and they're supposed to manage those resources, fuel and maintenance on the trucks. And, and we just know that that wasn't, that wasn't happening no, because, no, yeah. you know, we're some, someone's up for them. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> because people are taking a cut at, at the higher levels yeah. and, you know, I mean, you, any range of things. And so it goes back to, okay, well, they're supposed to go or, you know, uh, they're supposed to go on this mounted patrol with us, but they don't have any fuel. We're not supposed to give them fuel. But we still need to go on this, you know. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, well, and they knew how to manipulate that. Sure, too. sure. They, yeah. they manipulate that well. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, they understand that it is far more important to us to get the mission done, mm-hmm. you know, than than to not give them fuel. Yeah. So right. we end up giving them fuel. We get, you know, we end up going in front on the mission, and right. and um, you know, and and so those are, you know, some of the kind of the broad strokes yeah broad strokes and you know sort of how the stage was was set um, well i know a lot of units in the country at the time were trying to at least practice coin you know building wells building roads you know 
and you know again limited perspective you were just you know we're a hammer point and shoot you know we yeah. weren't we weren't in the sure as we, or anything like that but it never felt to us like we were doing coin. a lot of coin because yeah. i don't think that we had the space to do coin yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it felt like we were literally spent the whole deployment just trying to push him back yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, was, was there stuff going on behind the scene that was kind of more coin and you know nation building kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, we we, we wanted to. I mean, there are a number of projects that we wanted to accomplish. In in many cases, um, we 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 wanted the, uh, some elements to come in to to do some projects in these villages. They just wouldn't come. You yeah, know, just based on where we were. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and so. Um, you know, we're, we're also, we also, if you remember, we were training like these checkpoints, these like police mm -hmm. checkpoints. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. I actually don't know how to train police. Like, um, especially and, when you're especially constantly when, worried about them shooting yeah. in the back. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you, and, and also with the, with the police, you know, they, they are ill-equipped. Yeah. Um, extremely ill-equipped. Extremely yeah. ill-equipped. And so, um, you know that you know that that's another challenge so yeah but behind the scenes you're, you're trying to get you're trying to get some of these projects done but um it, it becomes very difficult because because it's a it's not like you know if, if we were at kandahar airfield and you want to meet with like someone from state department to do talk about a project or something like they could probably do a project there but but you know in big reggae mm -hmm. you know down there you know that we tried we wanted to do a water a water project down there and you know we just couldn't we couldn't that get was the to safest village sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure right I mean, yeah so right. if we if we couldn't get somebody to come down and right. do something there that's we right. sure weren't going to get somebody to go build a school and sketch it that's right and so you know what they do is they'll you know when, when we ask something like that they're looking at the reports like okay well what's happened in this company's AO? they're like they're like oh no, no, no. yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually when when I tell people about that deployment, uh, what the line I keep around is like, well, we we were probably one of the last efforts to active combat operations against the Taliban, because that's what it felt like to us, mm. you know. And you are right. And Curtis and I have talked about this now again with some time and experience, and especially having talked to other veterans along the way, it's like we've come to realize. Because when I was in, this is my own personal anecdote here, but I always tried to keep my perspective when I was there. Because I was like, yeah, this sucks, but like, we're not storming the beaches of Normandy. This isn't Vietnam. Yeah. You know, this isn't, um, you know, Tora Bora. Mm -hmm. And so I was I always tried to keep myself accountable to that yeah. fact. Yeah. But now, with some time and distance, I, we realize that it was a brutal and a violent deployment. Because um, another thing, on the topic of ANA, a lot of those guys got fucked up, you know, like we, we always think we get a little bit myopic in that we look at it through the lens of how many Americans were shot or killed or wounded, yeah. but we, we lost a lot of ANA guys too. That's right. That's and right. so when you think about that in conjunction with our casualties, um, the, the line that I always end up and Curtis and I've talked about this as, as getting, um, kind of hearing about different deployments along the way is that, you know, and this is not, I'm not, it's not a dick measuring contest. You know, if you were up there in Kunar duking it out, I'm not trying to say, you know, whatever the thing was, but it was, it was worse than some. There is worse than most, not as bad as some, you know, but it yeah, was yeah. worse than most. And yeah. And, and what you bring up, Luca, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic point in that you can, 
you know, folks can slip into the idea that because it wasn't Vietnam or because it wasn't World War II, that somehow it's not important or it's not something we should pay attention to. And so hard, right. Or hard, right. You know, and so really any, anything could be hard. If you, if you had, if you had one firefight, Mm -hmm. that, that can be hard. It, It is, it's not natural to watch a friend's legs get blown off. Yeah. It's yeah. not normal. Yeah. Most people will never have to see that. It's not normal for you to be away from your wife for over a year to miss a birth. It's not, you know, most people will never be away from their spouse for like more than a month or yeah. two. I've been away from mom for like two days and <laughs> yeah. I'm already like, where is she? Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. like, I'm already missing. Yeah, you. that's right. Cause you're weak. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but, but you see it, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you go on this point and you're like, you people are kind of, you're tra- constantly trying to compare. And, and the, the bottom line is like, if you have a problem, um, you know, if you were to get shot, you, you know, today you would go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, people are injured, you know, in their minds and they won't, and, and the brain is, you know, arguably the most important part of your, of your body, but we won't, um, uh, you know, in many cases, folks won't, uh, go get help. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think Matt brought this up, you know, all these programs aren't great, but there are a lot out there to, to go and find something to where, um, you know, the idea is that you're going to get better. It's not like you go, you went and sought help and you're going to somehow get worse. Right. The idea is like, you're going to get stronger mm-hmm. and get more resilient. And, you know, and we're just scratching the surface on the we brain, yeah. you know, we're like just we're just now. scratching the surface yeah. 2020. So, um, it's, it's, it's very important to, to just recognize that, yeah. you know, you, it, it doesn't have to be, um, uh, you know, world war two, you know, we, I talked about going to Normandy for the 75th anniversary. You get to the top of this, uh, to point to Hawk and, you know, these World War II veterans are st- standing there hugging you and thanking you <laughs> for what for what you've done. Mm. Um, and also, you know, they're infantrymen. So there's like this 95 year old guy. He's like, oh, it's a stinky major. You know, like, yeah. you know, they still have this sense of humor, you right, know, yeah. you know, that uh, officers are bad people. Um, <laughs> that's, that's why war yeah. officers were invented. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're standing there. Th- thanking you for what you've done and, and saying, boy, you know, you guys are just amazing. And, and of course we're looking at them like, what do you, you know, yeah, like, we can't hold a candle to, yeah, to what you get, right. you know, but, uh, it, it, it was a, you know, it was a slow, I mean, it was a, it was a tough, it was a tough deployment. And Absolutely. Like you say, it's not natural to see your leg, your friend's legs get blown off, but it's definitely not natural to see that many times. That's right. Over the course of a prolonged period of time. That's right. And I think, one of the defining characteristics of our deployment was that it was a, it was a daily grind. Sure. You know, it wasn't like some guys, they might get hit and then go three months and not take contact and then yeah. have a bad day where there's, where they're fighting 75 guys on a mountainside, yeah. you know, yeah. and then it lasts all day long. And we didn't really have that kind of fight, but for us, it was like, you got to go back out there and yeah. go walk around, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and like, and you never knew, and there was no, you know, it wasn't like, oh, guess, guess what? Uh, you know, 75 Fakani Network fighters are coming through the past today. Yeah, yeah. So get ready. It was like, okay, are we going to, outside of the IED threat, which was a constant underlying yeah. theme, you know, and, and a, a battle that we had to make. But it was like, are we going to get into a really small little tick? 
are we going to get into 15 firefights today? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So that part of it was for the soldiers was um, a difficult obstacle to surmount. Yeah. 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 But, um, and, you know, I'd be, you know, as you guys continue to interview folks, I mean, I would challenge you to ask people, you know, what sort of routines do you come up with to, to think about that? Mm-hmm. When, when I would leave my little, you know, the little room, I can't remember where it was like right next to the little, uh, CP there. I mean, I, every time I left there to go on patrol, I was like, you know, let me make sure like it's like generally straight cause I may not be coming back. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, or, you know, going and doing PT or, you know, like routines, habits that you form mm-hmm. uh, to where you can kind of, you know, go out and continue to do what you've been asked to do. You know, that's, yeah, uh, that's interesting. I've never really thought about that uh, before, but like, yeah, everybody kind of created those routines, at least yeah. those of us who maybe are, we're trying to navigate that mental space right. more effectively. Right. And like my routine was if I had a, a, a message, which were almost daily from, my now wife, then just friends, you know, Yeah. it was like, if I knew I had a message from her, I would not answer it before patrol. Mm. And, and when I got back from patrol, after I'd showered and everything, the first thing I do is go in there and answer her message, yeah. you know, cause yeah. it was like, that was kind of my routine. Yeah. Cause it gave me something to get back to, you know? Right. Yeah. And then of course, obsessively applying to school, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally like watching the thing <laughs> countdown so I could apply to university. The university. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. What kind of routines did you have, Curtis? I honestly didn't have any. You know, I had those communications back with home, but mm-hmm. I, you got to remember, I was a real young soldier. Yeah. Like, I, brand was, new. I was straight out of basic training. Yeah. So, yeah. a lot of the habits that I had were basic training habits. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I was still developing those, but I didn't, I never developed those in garrison. I pretty much developed all those yeah. habits in, in combat. So. That's astonishing. Yeah. yeah. It, it is. I mean, I, that's one of the things we didn't, we didn't touch on at the beginning is, uh, this was a, this was a, a company that, was 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 shorthanded pretty significantly before before deploying mm-hmm. and so you know bringing in all these additional people you know tip, typically you're gonna you know uh, get a period of time to have a core group of folks and then kind of train up mm-hmm. you know and then get ready for a deployment and um but to have folks coming right out of right out of base you know and again it it that's what infantrymen do, you know, yeah. they, they're, you know, highly resilient and, and flexible. Well, I was glad yeah. for it. Yeah. Because I hadn't spent four years on tracks forgetting yeah. how to be an infantryman. I came yeah. straight out of OSIT. I had just done my 12 mile ruck. I had yeah. just done all my PT tests. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was, I was as good you were in as like... I was ever going to be as an infantryman. <laughs> yeah. you, know? you were definitely in better shape than most of us yeah. too, which is, this, which, which is you. ironic. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, but yeah, to dump people straight into that. And like, that was another thing about our deployment is even with those boistered numbers, we were undermanned, you know, because I think I, I want to say in first platoon, I, th- I want to say we had like 27 guys in total. Yeah. And a normal, for those who aren't familiar with the doctrine, the normal number for an infantry platoon is what, 43? If, yeah. if like you have so, everybody yeah. here. Yeah. Well, so. we were also kicking people to there's a squad at the district center we've got a p we had people at kandahar doing like a prison detail yeah and we lost a full infantry platoon a whole platoon and gained a platoon of tankers yeah, which right. is significantly yeah, smaller which is, yeah, yeah it's a lot it's a lot smaller yeah um, yeah. yeah i mean there was um 
yeah, and there were like varying degrees of um, what uh, soldiers knew to yeah. do and like their equipment. I mean, everything, you know, because I mean, even if you're coming out of basic training, you're, you may be fit, but you may not know how to use your stuff. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I'll, what is an SKL? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, sure. you know, I can remember not, not your platoon, but another platoon. I won't say who, you know, who the third soldier was. <laughs> <laughs> But you know you're you're walking like you're doing a in the middle of the night uh, operation and you know you're moving in a file and and you know I think I would try to be in the middle somewhere you know not crowding the platoon leader and um, I was sort of looking around the guy in front of me because it didn't feel like we were going in kind of the right direction yeah yeah and so I I looked around and and in front of him the guy I was following. Which was he was like a brand new kid. He just come in, and there was no one in front of him, but he was still walking. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> I, I go up to him and grab. Yeah, I mean, this is this is Panzer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is east of the. Yeah. You know? yeah. And oh, so geez. this is like the worst thing possible, right? Yeah. So I grab him. I say, um, "Who are you following?" You know. Yeah. And of course, I'm whispering this. Who are you following? He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> and and then and then I then I say. Can you know? Um, so I, I'm like, take your yeah. I say, take your nods off and take your nods off. And like, you look into them and they're completely blurry. And I say, do you know how to use your nods? Uh, he said, yeah. absolutely not. That's yeah, because you don't really use nods in basic training, yeah. right? No, you don't, you know. Yeah. But, but you know, there <clears throat> you could look back and say there are probably some steps. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that could have you know could have been taken from you know from some kind of some leaders to say okay. Here's how you use your equipment here, you know, but you could also say that the pace there is pretty quick. It's like, Hey, you got your stuff, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to train you, you know, and, um, there, there were obviously some things that got missed there, but that, you know, that's a, a very small example of, um, something that could have been incredibly catastrophic. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And we, we talked about that yesterday after we met for lunch because you had keyed in on that the conversation that where I'd brought it up with Kohler with Matt was that the thing about combat is that there's not that one thing, you know, it is a multiplicitous event and it's occasion. The Swiss cheese theory. The Swiss, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, something as simple as a, as a brand new cherry private, not knowing that he could focus his nods yeah. can be dec- decimating yeah. to a unit, you know, and something as simple as, um, those little details, but when those little details interlock and add up, yeah. you create a kind of a, a, a web of complexity mm-hmm. that no human being is capable of navigating com- to complete success. Yeah. Well, so, and I was only like half to that. That's an actual theory is this the Swiss cheese yeah. theory. Um, and we, we look at it in, uh, in regard to accidents, aviation accidents. Uh, and so if you look at a piece of Swiss cheese, there's a hole here and you know, that one hole isn't necessarily going to cause an accident, but the next piece of Swiss cheese, if there's a hole in the same spot, now you start to get a line through this deck of Swiss cheese. Sure. But each one by itself isn't really a problem. Yeah. But you start stacking problems on top of each other and they just happen to line up and you get a hole through that run of Swiss cheese. Now you have an accident. So yeah. you didn't get enough sleep. You know, you were late. You were frustrated. Yeah. You had a fight with your wife. You missed this one thing on your pre-flight. Mm-hmm. You you know, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, it just all starts to come together. It's raining. There's not enough fuel in the aircraft. Sure. And fine. And that's why almost every accident is pilot error. Cause you've done something wrong. Yeah. At yeah. some point. Um, 
but it applies to this as well. That's yeah. right. You know, you go out on a mission. The, where we go, Najat, Sketcha. That mm-hmm. makes a that makes a play. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, the enemy gets a say. And that yeah. we were talking yeah. about yesterday. You you can't absorb all this guilt about what happened or what it shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know, yeah. there's a guy out there who's trying to kill you. He he got a, he's got a say in the matter too. Yeah, man. And that's you right. don't get to hear his say. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And you don't see him coming. So right. you know, yeah. he's walking, he might be ten feet away and you're just lollygagging around, yeah. fucking with your nods and next right. thing you know, you're yeah. getting lit up. Yeah, I about let one of the little gun noises rip, but I was trying to catch myself doing it. <laughs> <that. laughs> but um, well, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this episode up. Okay. Um, and for our listeners, this is a two part episode. We we figured we'd be sitting down with Brian for a good period of time, so we don't want to keep you for four hours on the line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, but next week we'll 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 wrap up this conversation with Brian. Let me ask one more question. Yeah. So. With this kind of Swiss cheese structure as an endpoint for this conversation, as a commander, how how did you, what kind of things did you develop to navigate that hmm. as successfully as you could? Yeah, that's uh, a great question. I think um, one of the approaches that I would take is is to, you know, wherever we were, whatever we were getting ready to do, is to to take a step back and say if 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 we were to investigate this, like something, you know, really bad happened and, and I were to look back on the, on this, you know, the environment and the things that led up to this point, you know, could, you know, could I be comfortable? Mm -hmm. Um, and and by, by comfortable, I mean, that's a relative term, you know, could I say, you know, I would have generally made the same decision and, and any time where I was very uncomfortable with that, then I need to have a discussion with with my chain of command and say, hey, sir, this these are the things that I'm worried about with this particular operation or going to this area again uh, in this way. You know, there are only a certain number of routes into this area. Well, can't you go this way? No, because we've been there. And, I, right. you know, like you, if you try to go this way, this is what happens. You know, and so, you know, if we if if you um, if I have that that knowledge, you uh, you know, that that's the approach that I would take is, is trying to look, taking taking a step back. And that's that. And that's that's my job. Um, and, and what that allows me to do is to the best of my ability, um, you know, protect, you know, number one is the, the mission we're trying to accomplish. But to protect, you know, you guys and uh, to, to as much as as best, uh, you know, as best I can. And um, going back to what you mentioned before, I mean, it, it is no in no way perfect. And that, that is the, that's the weight you have to carry for the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for the rest, you know, for the rest of your life. And, um, you know, sometimes you, um, uh, sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you don't. And, and that, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And we can, we can talk more about that in the future. Yep. 